Amen. Father, we thank you, we bless you, worship you. We give honor to your name. Thank you for this evening. Thank you for another awesome opportunity, Lord, to gather again in fellowship. Lord, for you to bless us. Father, we thank you for all the blessings that have you have brought our way. Thank you, Lord, through through this medium, through life class, um, also through all the other mediums which you have been using. Lord, to bless our soul, we thank you. We, we honor you, our Father. We thank you. Thank you for the privilege of assembling together, as your word says, that we should forsake not the, the assembling together of brethren. Thank you for helping us to, to fulfill that, obey that. Um, and thank you, Lord, for always coming to us and fellowshipping with us. And thank you for your presence. We take nothing for granted, Lord. We take nothing for granted. Your sweet spirit, always with us, always refreshing our heart, bringing fellowship, gifts of fellowship from your heart, Jesus, and even from the heart of your Father to us. We thank you. We bless you, Father. Thank you for the love which we share, which our heart has, has been able to partake of, to which you've purchased us into, even through your blood. Thank you for the love of Christ in our heart, when in measures, even for the love of God, which is instead of Lord within us. Even Father, we thank you for even brotherly love. Thank you for even the love among us, the cord of love which binds us, which we share to one another. We can we give you thanks, Lord. We have we have so much to be grateful for, so much to be thankful for. Father, we give you praise. We give you praise. We give you honor. We reverence you, our Lord. We just worship you. We just bless you. Just bless you. We just bless you. We just bless you. Just bless you, Lord. Bless you. We worship you, Jesus, our Lord. We thank you. Thank you for all good things, all dividends of our faith, all blessing which we have, which you've made our own right, even by your own blood. But through which we have been purchased, our Lord Jesus, it's we take not even for granted it's this evening, and we just we just take some time now to reverence you, to bless you, Lord, for everything. That you will let our heart call to remembrance and and take count of God as your word says, Lord, we're counting our blessings, we're taking to remembrance all that you have, all your goodnesses and and all your kindnesses towards us. We thank you, thank you for. Your, your loving kindnesses, your, your tender mercies. Thank you for your providential arm, Lord, over us. Thank you for your heart, which always goes after us, which pursues us, which never relents, which keeps coming hard, hard after us. Our Father, we thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Kara Masori and Ah, praosi and abarori, pakoriente, mikalushan de librioske prita vilus, asamane and kadema and kadema, o kriema ha kodema zalabao. We thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord, for safety, safety of our, our soul, Lord, keeping us safe, even in such times, such perilous times. But, Lord, creating, Lord, a, a shelter over us. Thank you, shelter, Lord, also by your spirit, Lord, even by our hearts, which is being knit together, Lord, in love, Lord, through assurance of doctrine and understanding. Thank you, O oh God, for grace, safety, which you are wrought for our souls, Lord, through insight, through, through insight, through understanding, revelation by revelation, counsel by counsel. So thank you. We give you thanks tonight, even for the school of the Spirit, of which we are all partakers. Father, thank you for that school, which your school of training, where you are training our souls. You are raising our souls, you are tutoring our souls, you are edifying our souls, you are building our souls, building our life. Oh, we thank you, Mexico. So, Thank you. Thank you, Father. Lord, as we continue to, Lord, fellowship to, uh, this evening, Lord, as you stay our hearts even, Lord, in, according to your will, Lord, as, Lord, we pray that come and take over this class this evening. We, as I sense in my heart, there is a specific blessing, a special blessing, which you have designed to bring to us, Lord. I pray, let heaven be, let your heart be fully benevolent today. Don't hold anything back, Lord. Let the blessing which you want for us, for let it drop, Lord. Let it come down upon every soul, upon every heart. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. We honor you. Bless your name. We bless your name. Bless your name. O Mikari Asta. O Liprahato. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. I thank you, not just for the spirit of instruction, O oh God, but also for the spirit and the grace of building, which is also present, also evident with us. Thank you, because you're taking these things, these materials, Lord, your, your spirit through complex work of grace. You are raising building in us, raising edifice in us. You are raising things in us. You are building things in us. Our Father, we, th we thank you. We thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you. Thank you, our Father. We give you glory. 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus. Bless your holy name. Thank you. In Jesus' name, Lord, I commit to this class. Onto your hand, I ask for leading and direction. I ask, Lord, that you will release your spirit, Lord, and help me and lead me, Lord, to find the exact blessing which you want to give to us, Lord. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Praise God. Glory to God. Praise Jesus. Um, can we go to? I know we um um. We've been on a time. Sorry, good evening to everybody, first of all. I um, hope you're all doing fine. I hope you're um, 
you're doing okay in the Lord. And you had a uh an awesome weekend. Good evening, sir. Thank you. Thank you so much. Good evening to you. Um greetings to all the pastors. Um from Pastor Pastor Fermi, Pastor Sesi, Pastor Bukumi. Um, good evening, sirs. And um I want to especially thank Pastor Femi for hosting me in Calgary and um, all the Calgary brethren. I was with them and I enjoyed so much, so much um, fellowship with you all. Thank you to everyone um, in Calgary who you know, received me and made um, my visit very pleasant and awesome. The Lord will bless you. And um, I really enjoyed myself. And um, I, I trust that all the blessings that came there, down there, will remain and it will bring forth so much fruit in the coming, maybe coming months. Yes. Um, in Jesus' name. Amen. And thanks to all of you. Thanks to Pastor Stacey, the Dean, our Dean of Studies. Thank you, sir, for your labor. I think over, was it six weeks or so? Your last class on eternal judgment. I think that was that's probably the longest, <laughs> the longest class that we have had. But um, thank you, sir, for not rushing that class. I think um, the Lord used it. There were a lot of tangents which um, which came up, and the Lord used that to bless to bless our hearts tremendously. I'm sure. Everyone was blessed um, through that that class that Pastor Sessi took. Uh, thank you so much, our pastor, and thanks to all the pastors too for um, the labor so far in this class. Um, praise God. Today, and normally we should do a question and answer. Um, normally, I would really, I would love to do that. Um, I don't know. Okay, let me just see. Um, if you have a question, let me just see if you just raise your hand. Let me just get a sense of those people who actually have questions prepared already. If you have one, I can just do a quick survey of hands. Let me see it. The hands show up here. Okay. There's anyone. Okay, I, I'm seeing one person, and uh, Sister Edith Young. I'm seeing Brother John. Okay, the hands are coming. The reason why I was asking was there was just some there was something stirred in my heart to share with us a little bit. Um, so I was kind of wanting to see, okay, should we just flow with questions or, um. Should I maybe just share just a little bit and, and then we'll see? Okay, but I, I'm seeing at least two questions which um, we'll try to get. Okay, let me just um, let's just read a verse of scripture. Now, this is unrelated to um, so unrelated to eternal judgment. But it's just um something like it's just an encouragement, just like um a bit of exhortation, I would say maybe that's the right word. 
exaltation. Um, that may be something that will just help us. And I think it's, it's good to share at, at the level of this class. Since we are, this sort of the spirit of this class is maybe to go back to basic, basic things, you know, some of the fundamental things that should help us in our, in our Christian journey. And the Bible, I'm looking for um, Second Thessalonians. Sorry, First Thessalonians, chapter five. There we go. First Thessalonians five, verse sixteen. Praise God. Amen. If you're there, say Amen. Okay. Amen. Yeah. Thank you. First Thessalonians um, chapter 1, verse 16 says, Rejoice evermore. Praise God. It says, Rejoice evermore. The, then pray without season. In everything, give thanks for. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit. Despise not prophesying. Prove all things, hold fast that which is good. Abstain from all appearance of evil. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your, I pray, God, that your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that called you and who also will do it. Amen. Praise God. So I think this thing that this is a very common I think we all know these verses, um, but this was Paul just writing to the Thessalonian church, and I think he was just reminding them of um, just simple, um, basic, I guess, uh, if I'll call them attitudes, or not just attitude, but things that are important to keep in mind, you know, while going through our you know our Christian walk, our Christian journey. Um these are fundamental um things that are I would say maybe ingredients of the our, our experience, our Christian experience, um, which must not be missing. Um of course we we know we're familiar with the the weight of New Testament in terms of the entire curriculum, um, in terms of the doctrines, in terms of you know the um, the abundance. Paul himself calls it. We're just speaking concerning the, the the doctrine of Christ alone, he calls them the unsearchable riches of Christ. Um, so, and when it comes to God, but he describes God Himself as past finding out. 
you know, so um, there isn't lack of then lack of in terms of things to focus on and things to do. You know, the more you learn doctrine, the more instructions come. You know, instructions in their different weights, their different, um, you know, in different aspects of your life, depending on what phase you're in and where the Lord wants to take you to. But there are some things that are really basic, and I would say some things that you really learn first, you know, mostly beginning in the initial phase, maybe in the, when you, I won't call it baby, baby phase, or when you are in the milk of the word. Um, some things that are more of an emphasis, which you add to your your Christian journey and experience. And those things, you don't lose them. You don't put them aside when you start going into, you know, more, I guess, more sophisticated or advanced, or, you know, more weightier things, right, in your Christian work. And these are some of those things here. Um, the first one is um, that First Thessalonians wants. Uh, Five verse sixteen, that where he says, "Rejoicing evermore." Very simple, simple idea, but um, it can get missing. It can be lost e- easily, especially in this world as designed by Satan or by the devil to really control the um, to control the experience. You know, regardless of who you are, you know, the Bible says that the God has no respect, or is no respecter of persons, but Satan is also that way. Um, he does in his walkings, he doesn't respect Christians more than he does unbelievers. So when it comes to this aspect of rejoicing, he's not going to say, Okay, well, let's leave the Christians to be rejoicing all the time. Let's bring only sadness and you know depression and <laughs> all those things to unbelievers. Uh, so it means that after all alike, I would say even more, particularly towards Christians to whom pertain this particular instruction for living. Um, there are many things that can be stirred up in your life, you know, to to deal with some of these basic ingredients, ornaments of the heart. These are ornaments of the heart of the inward man, which must be there, which makes the heart, these things make the heart healthy to be able to carry on the, to carry on life in the spirit. So I I see these things here as basic and fundamental ingredients for, for life in the spirit. Anybody who wants to carry out life in the spirit, want to live life in the spirit, to the fullest, it, the heart must be constantly, you know, um, full, rich with all these ornaments. So the, of, you take the first one, the ornaments of uh, ornament of rejoicing. To, to rejoice is something about a rejoicing is a state of joy, but it's more than just having joy. Do I see rejoice as seen as more of an an active state of joy to re- rejoicing is the engagement of joy the engagement of joy rejoicing is the is the submission to joy is the or to be more accurately to rejoicing is a yielding to joy uh, of course the joy which we are speaking concerning here is not just an emotional kind of state of joy or happiness, but rather is something 
that is within the heart. You know, the Bible speaks about the joy of the Lord being our strength, right? And it's clear that that joy is not something you find from the world. The world is not meant to give joy or anything. Nothing external, right, is meant to to be the the root or the base or the focus, sorry, the root of joy for Christians, or rather for a, a Christian to rejoice that there's the way the heart needs to be able to tap into the source of joy or the place where joy comes because this joy is not just a natural joy. It's not a natural response to natural occurrences or natural things. This joy is something that should be present and should be there even when things on the outside don't seem the way they should be or are not desirable but rather it's a joy that's not dependent on things, but it's dependent. It comes from an inward source. It comes from a spiritual source. So when he's saying rejoice, it's very clear, even though the, the verse itself is just a short verse, two words, but very, very remarkable. Um, it, this is not a statement you would hear anybody anywhere say. There's no way in the world where they will say, Rejoice evermore. It's not a concept that the world is familiar with because if anyone tells you, says this outside, they will wonder, are you crazy? That is not even a good advice. Sometimes you should not be joyful. Sometimes you should calm down. You should you go through bad times. Some people say life is suffering. So why would you rejoice evermore? But it's very clear that if a soul will rejoice evermore, it means that the soul has, is, is, this is a, concerning a type of joy that is not is not conditional on things that are ephemeral or things that pass away because if it is it's they would not say you should have it evermore evermore actually doesn't just mean rejoice forever it means you should rejoice in an ever increasing manner it's like saying have a joy that's constantly increasing that's constantly bountiful a joy that is ever more, a joy that is constantly more, or a joy that is increasing, constantly increasing. That's how it ought to be. And to be honest with you, uh, when you are uh, the Christian journey, the Christian life is actually an exploration into the world of joys, into the land of joy, because everything that God has uh, has within it, joy energy. Everything that you engage in, in God, has joy potential. It has joy energy. If you haven't tasted the joy of it, just stay with it a little bit more. Just, just hang around it a little bit more. Hold it a bit more. You'll see like an onion. Layers will begin to peel off. After a while, you arrive at the joy of it. Right? There's, there's nothing that comes from God that doesn't have joy in it. It could be, even if it's just an encouragement, if it's just a word, if it's just a scripture, if it's just, you know, a revelation, an insight, if it's just a thought of fellowship, anything that comes from God um, has within it an inherent joy, which the soul is tasked, tasked to, to fetch and to find. So as a Christian, you are actually an explorer of joy. You are an explorer in joy, your soul 
um, is constantly should be constantly pressing into joys in the spirit. Of of course, not joy in the external world because that's what leads to sorrow. When the soul begins to look for joy and you know happiness in things that would pass away, that's where sorrow of the heart comes from because that leads to constant disappointment. Because when you seek joy from vanity, vanity will always disappoint, 100% guarantee, not, not 90%, not 95% guarantee, not 97, not 99.5, 100% guarantee that if you seek for joy from vain things, it will, it will, it will disappoint the heart and lead to sorrow. So, so it is an attitude which the Lord um, is sort of a, a simple thing, but very, very profound. Once the soul can key into this reality that you are called for to search for and look for joy in, in things that have the capacity to, to give joys that remain, or, or yes, calling it joy evermore. So rejoice evermore, rejoice evermore, rejoicing. The heart of rejoicing is a heart which, um, which, which is a kind of a theme, a heart which every soul should push into and everyone should strive to come into glory to God. I'm not saying that the, you can't feel moments of sadness or moments of disappointment or moments of being down. Glory to God. It seems like I'm just preaching to us this evening. That's fine. Sometimes you need to hear preaching. Glory to God. <laughs> so um, glory to God. So it's not that you're not going to get moments of being down or moments of disappointment or moments where things don't, don't go fine with you, but um, you're supposed to be able to, whenever you notice your heart having such response, it's time to remember the, the land of your joy or remember a place where your joy comes from. Every time your soul encounters your heart encounters sorrow or disappointment in the natural, when it comes to natural things or ephemeral things, that should be a reminder that that's not where your joy is stored. That's not where your joy is held or maintained. But rather, it should be a reminder for you to look into the place from where your joy comes from, which is in the spirit. And when you do that, you never run into disappointment. Next thing is praying without ceasing this uh, this one is important, and I will just stay here for some time. And this is the place where I, I feel a more, more of emphasis in my heart. Uh, praying without season, praying without season, praying without season. Thank you, Jesus. Samaria, Korea, Arios to Fehenama to Korea, Ekria, Noria, Pao, Shenevaria, to pray, Heaven, a heart to pray, Pagia, heart to pray, Emesia, heart to pray, Emiot, have a heart to pray. I carry a host your heart to pray. I am a heart to pray. I am to give you a heart to pray. I may carry on to me no cost you. I am bless you. I get on to bless you. Every heart to for not to bless you. He will not bless you. I may come and bless you. Even a blessing of a praying heart. I may God not bless you. Even with the blessing of a praying heart. I may and to care and to pray. Every heart to give you and wake you to pray. I may to wake you to pray. I may to wake you to pray. I may to make you to pray. Amen to strengthen you to pray. Amen to grace you to pray. Amen to soul you to pray. Amen to fenahite you to pray. Amen to raise you to pray. 
Let me come to teach you to pray. Let me also help you to pray. Hey, and to pray, and to pray, and to pray, and to pray. Even I answer, fighting you to pray. I answer, anoint you to pray. Let me and to anoint you to pray. Let me sign to make you and to help you to pray. Even I and to grace you to pray. Eleven to pray. Even and to pray, and to pray. Let me and to pull you into praying. Even and to embrace you and bring you into praying. And to make you to pray and keep praying. Pray or help to pray. Or help to pray, to help to pray, help to pray, to pray, to pray without ceasing, to pray without ceasing. Thank you, Father. Oh, Malika Sandalia Krasto Prahataliya Labao Urkandeyaso Ali Maranta Yelavrancia Mratiostefania Ali Anto Lemecrienta Mialverhaida Ah, Marala Mateliosia Eriento Sienta Merenentiasia Oh, Rikaila Marala Mighty Ansia, Ali may I to prayer, ever hands in prayer, ever then to help to tend you, to train you, to train you, to train you, to train you, to teach you, to teach you, to help you, teach you to stay, to stay in prayers, to stay in prayer, to stay praying, to many on to pray, and for a to pray, heaven to pray, even as I pray, as I pray, as I pray, as I pray. As I pray to my father, because I always pray. I'm always praying. I always stay praying. I stay praying on. I pray on and on and on. I pray and I pray. I pray even as I pray. I pray to my father. Even as I pray, I bring help to you to help you to pray. I bring grace to you to embrace you to pray, to raise you to pray, to pray, to pray, even as I pray, even as I pray. Even as I pray, say it, say the Lord, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Grace to pray without ceasing, not to cease. The grace not to cease, not to cease in prayer, not to stop praying, but to pray on. The grace not to cease, not to cease, not to cease, not to cease, not to cease. Grace to pray, grace to pray. Amen. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus, Father, we thank you. Thank you. Amen. 17 says, pray, pray without ceasing, pray without ceasing. Without ceasing. Thank you, Father. Amen. So it's clear that this verse is also speaking about an important you know, ornament, an import, important thing that the soul is, is actually a, a capacity, is actually an ability, is actually a, it's like a culture of the heart. It's like a, you know, a constant, um, it's a habit, actually. It's like a habit that the heart should have, the heart should imbibe um, of every Christian is something that we should always carry, which we should never fall out of, and which we, which we should never break out of, is the constant posture and the constant attitude of praying and constantly praying. Of course, the way I've shared it many times that the way the Lord taught me about praying, I mean, this sort of prayer is um, it's like breathing. He said, I pray. He told me that praying is like breathing. 
Like the way you you don't stop breathing is how you don't stop praying. Um, so this praying here is Uja saying praying without ceasing. Then it's clearly it's clear that they are not speaking of the prayer which you will just maybe just take side time, maybe your quiet time, which is awesome, which is good, which everyone should have. You should have time when you set aside, when you just focus on praying, which is vital, which is part of this and very, very important. In fact, I feel that's something that a lot of believers might have put aside, which is very dangerous and which is not good, just um, having some kind of um, almost like an habitual um, kind of time, you know, where you set aside when you when you pray to the Lord, you can never outgrow doing that because even the Lord Jesus, and not just when he was a child Jesus, um, but when he had moved into ministry um, in that three and a half years time, Jesus was praying constantly. But I was speaking about it often. He would just depart, you know, into the mountain and he would, you know, be praying there. Um, praise God. So it was a constant thing. It was, in fact, watching Jesus do that constantly. That's what provoked his disciples in the book of Matthew chapter 6 to ask, okay, Lord, can you teach us? Can you just teach us how to pray? Teach us to pray. And, and then the Lord um, began, began to just teach them a few things about prayer. Um, so praying is, is necessary. Praying is like breathing. I think that's a very, um, for breathing is like a very, very apt metaphor for prayer because through through breath when you're breathing you draw you draw in oxygen right which is necessary for all your all your organs especially your vital organs to function you draw in oxygen oxygen is um the or you actually what you draw in when you breathe is breath is air really but air has many things in it among which is oxygen which is a vital ingredient for is is Oxygen um, goes in through, through your nostrils. It goes into your blood. Then it goes into goes in through your ve- your lungs. Sorry. Then it goes to the heart. It flows into the heart. Right. There are veins that go into the heart. Then the heart now has arteries that takes you know oxygenated blood and pumps it to different cells. All the cells of the body. Right. Um, most importantly, the cells of the brain, um, which need oxygen. And so oxygen is um, a, a very key ingredient for the brain. Right. The brain must be receiving oxygen constantly. Right. If, if a person is, stops breathing for some reason, maybe drowning or something. Right. What causes death from drowning is the stop. The, the shutting down of supply of oxygen to the brain, even though oxygen might stop flowing to other places, but the one that goes to the brain is very, very important because the brain is the head, is the where the processing power, that's where the, the, the thinking capacity, the meditation capacity, the formation of knowledge and giving of instruction and counsel to the rest of the body comes from the, from the brain. So, if prayer is like what air, receiving of prayer is like what, sorry, the praying is like the taking in of air to the body, then it, it means you can see that then um, what prayer supplies to the soul, right, is very, very key to the functioning of the soul. 
So there are different ways we see prayer. Some, you know, we, especially from our, our different backgrounds, right? Um, you can see prayer as a way of just asking God for things, or there's a way the heart can feel like. I'm sorry, what I'm saying is very, very basic. But I, I mean, it's by design because this is a simple class, you know, just to teach us some basic things. And, um, you know, we've been learning a lot through the manual and we'll continue with the manual. But I, I feel um, the Lord just wants, you know, me to just share some of these things with some of us because we are at different levels. Some of us are, you know, there are a lot of us pray very well. We are very strong and powerful prayer lives. But maybe just for the one or two people, few people who are still young among us who maybe haven't been grounded in some of these things. Maybe I just feel in my heart to share some of these things with us so it can be blessed. And then those of us who have, you know, very solid prayer life and all these things who are always rejoicing and so on and so forth, we can still just be blessed and take one or two things from you. Um, so, so like I was saying, um, pray, praying, um, like, um, like I said, with our different backgrounds, some of us have different kind of attitudes toward prayer. And I think pr one of the predominant one, which is not necessarily the best, is the idea that prayer should be an event or it should be it should be almost like a thing with an agenda. In that there must maybe be something that I'm praying for this, or I'm asking God for this, or I'm talking to God for this, or maybe for even this reason. That's why I mean I should pray. Right. And there are many reasons like that. But the truth is prayer should be seen as just. It's like it should be like living. You should see prayer as your, as your. It's almost like your taking in of vital, um, essential ingredients for the living, the functioning of your heart and the functioning of your soul. Right? It's like the way when you are driving a car, the way the car constantly draws in fuel from the fuel tank into the engine for the running of the engine. Right? The, the fuel cannot. The, the engine cannot stop pulling in fuel from the tank, right? Because it's a constant need. Right? It, it makes everything burn well and makes the car able to run. So as long as the, the, the engine is running, it means that fuel is being consumed by the car. So it is, you know, in your Christian life that, you know, prayer should be something that's just a constant posture of the heart, a constant thing we do. And one of the reasons why, you know, we are blessed with a prayer language as one of the first things that we receive after we get born again, you know, in the book of in Mark chapter 16, when he was saying that these signs shall follow them that believe, they shall speak with new tongues, I think. Um, so that's one of the first things that happened to you, just giving you a new tongue. That's all. Just take, take your language. You're born again. You are raised from the dead. Right, they shall cast out devils and they shall all speak with new tongues. So you see, once you are born again, you are raised from the dead. You say, okay, take your new tongue. Take, you don't even need to. This is even before maybe someone will come to pray for you to lay hands on you to be filled. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is another. It's a different thing altogether. Most almost every time, unless those who get filled with the Holy Spirit at the moment when they are born again. For a lot of people, it happens later. But for most of the time, um, those who are getting receiving the influence of the Holy Ghost, they already had this ability to speak with new tongues. It's just that they didn't know. But this is actually a dividend of the new birth. As long as you are born again, you the same way, the, the moment a child is born, 
one of the first things that they have the ability to do or, or they actually do is the drawing in of that first breath. Once they come into the world, the child doesn't wait till later before they start breathing. As soon as the child is born, the child draws in breath. That's how. That's what, the same thing with this new tongue that's given to the heart that you have. We're giving you an ability, a new ability for the perpetuation of prayer, for, for the continuance in prayer, which is vital to the sustenance and to the health of the soul. And the reason why we're giving new tongues, this word new tongue means, tongue means way of expression. Tongue means tool of expression, means manner of, or tool, instrument. Tongue here is instrument of, like the word speak means to, of, it means expression an instrument of expression. That's what this tongue is and is given to every person who's got, who is who is born again, glory to God. And so the, the reason why they, they give everyone new tongues, this, it means that, so that everybody should be able to pray. Everybody should be, let's say somehow, somehow you, you have a child who's never socialized, who never learns any language, who can't speak even one language. Let's say they can't even speak English, maybe, but they could never speak any language. But as long as they are born again, they have this one. So at the very least, let's say you can't speak any language on the earth, but you are a Christian. They give you, a, they give you an ability, a tongue, which is not just an articulate language, is actually a tool for to, to live spiritually, which is what prayer is. So that will tell you how fundamental praying is, that they said, let your mind not even be involved. The part of your brain that processes articulate speech can be completely dead or deformed, but the person will still have the ability to pray. So, so you must see that prayer is so fundamental. It should be a constant thing. It should be something that a believer should constantly you know, have as a posturing on the inside. The, the truth about prayer is that if you have a prayer posture, you often find yourself praying even when you are not thinking of praying. So a lot of time, and that happens a lot, it happens to me a lot. I just catch myself. I didn't know I was praying. I just, maybe my mind wandered off or something. I was just somewhere or something. And then my mind just wandered off. And then I would just realize, oh, I've been praying for some time. I, <laughs> that happens a lot to me, a lot. I would just catch myself praying in the spirit. You know, I didn't plan to pray. I didn't even know I was praying in my conscious mind. You know how your mind can just wander off and you catch yourself. Oh, I've actually been praying for some time. You know, sometimes that even happens to me when I'm around some people who don't understand praying in tongues. I can just, <laughs> I start, you know, praying and then, oh, wow, this guy must think I'm some sort of special freak or something, the kind of language I'm speaking, because it should be a, that kind of a nature, because what, what is praying is actually the heart, that if prayer should be like a, it should be like a fallback posture. It should be like a fallback posture. You know, maybe when you are, you have things you are engaged in, you know, your conscious mind is there, maybe you're at work or you're doing something at home, you know, but when you are engaged, you know, you have to do other things or you are in a social setting, you have to talk to people, you have to address people, you, you're using your mind for other things. So at that point, of course, you shouldn't be acting weird and praying just in such settings when you shouldn't be outrightly praying. But when the heart has a posture of prayer, you find that prayer becomes your fallback thing. The moment you're able to have some bit of reprieve, you see, you just naturally fall back. A lot of times when your, your heart is taking that posture, you see, a lot of times you just, prayer just comes instinctively. 
just come and you, you pray mostly with your new tongue. Because when you get born again, tongues should, should become your new native tongue. Tongues should actually be, when you say what is your first language, it should not actually, you can say English, but really it should be tongues. Tongues should be the natural language, the first language, the basic language, the fallback language of every person. Glory to Jesus. And so, so he says, pray without ceasing. Back to verse um, 17 of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. He says, pray. It is, these are not, um, this is not maybe a mistake or maybe a type or maybe just a, a kind of, um, you know, an expression. You know, it, it is really correct that you should, you should never cease to be in prayer, right? No matter where you are. And this, so this praying is talking about the posture of prayer, which the heart must never cease from. Glory to Jesus. So we ought to pray, and, and I, I feel a lot that even um, as the Lord is helping us, you know, we are growing, we are increasing in understanding, we are increasing in knowledge for, for a few years now, by God's grace. The Lord has been helping us. We've been around, we've, we've spent a lot of time, you know, in the, in the waters of Christ, learning the nature, the doctrine of Christ. And, and in recent times, we've also been moving further you know, than that, moving into the doctrine of the, of the Father and of the Son, of everlasting life, you know. So we are, by God's grace, we are, we are uh, our, our, our capacity of, or I would say, our engagement in knowledge is increasing, is advancing. It's like it, as a child is developing, um, the child, you know, grows from, you know, Elementary school, you go to primary school, then you go to secondary school. That's good. But in Nigeria here, you have, um, um, you have middle school first. I think before elementary, middle school, then you go to high school, right? As you're doing that, you are, you are actually increasing in the demand on your processing ability in terms of your soul. So in the natural. The amount of brain brain capacity you need to process what you learn in elementary school is not the same amount of brain capacity you need for primary school. And the one for primary school is not as much as that for secondary school, the university, and so on. So it is in the spirit when you are learning the milk of the word, you don't need the mind. When I say mind now, not your outward man, but your inward man, your, the mind of your soul. Right, um, the of your the mind of your soul and the heart of your soul, right? The processing um, demand in the milk of the world is not as high as that when you are in the in the in the season of learning Christ. When you're in the season of learning Christ, the the capacity of your spiritual senses or what Hebrews was talking that use there, that reason of you, that exercise, uh, is not as rigorous as what will now then be demanded in the season of everlasting life or in the season when you're learning God. At that time, you know, we were seeing in the book of Hebrews when he spoke about, you know, Melchizedek. He said, of whom we have many things to say, and those things are hard to be altered. The word hard, the hardness there has to do with the, the capacity, the capacity of, you know, it's not your, say your mind now, your physical mind or your brain, but the mind of the soul right, needs a stronger, more developed capacity to process things of God's life, of everlasting life. And what happens a lot of times is that 
um, if you bring a soul around these waters of God's life, but the mind has not of the soul has not been, it doesn't have enough of resource or strength to process these things. There can be difficulty at different levels, even in the level of Christ when we're learning the curriculum of, of the spiritual nature. It is a heart that is not well exercised or a spiritual mind or a mind that is not well exercised onto spiritual processing can have difficulty. Um, when you're going through that learning, the memory might retain things, can retain the scriptures, but the spiritual mind might not assimilate all those things. And when there isn't enough assimilation of spiritual things, you'll find that's where you see a huge gap between a person's scriptural knowledge and the work that or life they are able to live out or how they are able to, that knowledge is able to produce judgment for living and a, a wholesome expression of life. A lot of times because of that deficiency in spiritual assimilation, which is something that the spiritual mind should be able to do. And one of the things that, I'm seeing from this scripture, you know, with this, with the metaphor I used relating taking in of breath to prayer and how one of the main destination of the materials within the breath, which is gathered, is for the, the brain in the body, which is the engine of processing. That's also how I see it in the spirit that, you know, you can learn, we can learn a lot of things spiritually, know a lot of scripture and learn a lot of precepts. but um, the this our spiritual mind must be fueled, and sometimes when we have so many so much precept but little fuel, you know, um, or little oxygen, I can put it that way, being supplied constantly and daily to the spiritual mind, you find that a lot of those precepts are landing in a dry place, right where there is there aren't a lot of things to support the flourishing of those things in the heart, right? Um, so and, and one thing I strongly believe um, is that prayer is one of those things that help, that supplies, you know, fuel to the spiritual mind, right? That, that when you have, you know, you, you there's a song I think that we used to sing when we used to, we're very young, you see, just a simple song, which is very true, and which nobody can grow beyond, um, the, the idea of that song, the song that says, read your Bible, pray every day, pray every day, pray every day. Read your Bible, pray every day if you want to grow. If you want to grow, if you want to grow, read your Bible, pray every day, pray every day, and so on and so forth. So, you see, that. So it's reading your Bible and praying two simple things that you have to do as a Christian. You can expound the reading of your Bible to hearing messages, you know, going to meeting, of course, reading your Bible, meditating. Then you have to add the, the fuel which prayer supplies, the oxygen which prayer supplies. That Without that aspect, all your knowledge can be falling. It can seem as if it's being stored in a dry place in a dry land that isn't without enough of ambience of the spirit. It's like planting a seed in a dry ground without water. Even though the seed is, is not a bad seed, the seed has all the 
the, the material genetic information that it takes to produce a healthy tree. But even, and that seed could have been delivered to that ground and kept there. But if it's not watered, I've learned this a lot from just taking care of my lawn in the summer, that I can't say I watered my lawn maybe today and then just leave it. Maybe it, the next day, a lot of sun, you know, in the summer, sometimes, especially in the month of July, sometimes the sun can be very hot. It can dry the land. Evaporation can happen very quickly, you know. And and, and a lot of times you don't, you don't even, I don't even have to water the lawn according to a fixed schedule because if I say I'm just going to water my lawn once or twice a week, that might not be enough for a very, very hot week because evaporation can be a lot more in that week. So I have to do it according to how much moisture the ground needs to keep you know, the seeds in the ground and the plants in the ground healthy. And that's what prayer is. And, and prayer, like I said before, is good to have your fixed time of prayer, your morning devotion or what have you. But you also, your prayer should be, it should be according to how you know when you need to water or when you need to, and by watering, you can, you can use watering as maybe the physical act of maybe pouring water on the ground. How you know when you need water is not according to schedule, it's according to the moisture. The moment the moisture starts getting little because of so much evaporation, maybe a hot day and sun, you know that sometimes you might need to, I may need to water my grass sometimes almost every day, right? It's according to the moisture level. And, and so there's a way our heart, when we are keyed into this concept of praying, praying um, without ceasing, there's a sense of, if I can call it, a sense of a perception of the moisture level. You're just speaking purely in metaphors now. Your moisture level of your heart. You know, and if you want to say, what removes moisture is what the equivalent of the sun to our lives. What is the sun? That which causes dryness. And that usually comes from engagement with the world, with, the, with natural things, with corruptible things, with ephemeral things. The more we are engaged and we are active, that can cause evaporation of you know, the, the moisture, the, the, the things which say the prayers are and have brings to the heart. So there should be a sensitivity as a Christian that we ought to have of the level, the state of the heart, the state of the soul in terms of how rich the soul is, not just with seed or with precept, but also how rich the soul is with, I'll call it the, the, the dew of the spirit how rich the soul is with the water in this, this in this sense now water not being um carrier of speed but that's one sense of water in the bible the bible speaks of water being a, a solvent which is a carrier of seed when it speaks about um the waters of god um amen or speaks about water and blood in that sense but just think of water plainly by itself. Water plainly by itself just means the is almost like the measure of of spirit. Measure of the spirit can pour himself through communion, through fellowship, and it, the way dew and water rest upon the the ground. So does praying and fellowship with the spirit of God open up doors and open up 
I'll say portals and doors for the Spirit of God to pour Himself over our heart and keep, you know, the heart in the right place that is favorable and and good for the seed of God and for the thoughts of God. There's a, a lot of reasons why we should we should we should pray without season. We should be constantly in prayer because prayer prayer quickens meditation. Prayer quickens fellowship. Prayer, um, it both quickens and it both and it amplifies. It increases the quality of your fellowship. Prayer amplifies the quality of, of your meditation. Prayer, um, it amplifies the rich, how rich the communion is, how healthy it is. Like you see a, a, a well, you can see two. You can take seed, plant the same seed in two different grounds. One of them is watered constantly, always moist. The other one watered from time to time, scarcely, um, not enough. You see, the same seed was sown, but when you watch how the, the, the lawn begins to grow or how the tree begins to grow, one will look very green and very lush and very, you know, if it's a plant, it will look very good. The fruit that comes will be very, very nice and healthy. But the other one, even though they have the same genetic information, the exact same seed was sown, but you see the way it will grow, the way the plant will express itself can look very rickety, very dry, it might even look brownish, might not even look green. That's the way it is in the spirit. So if you can have brethren who are listening to the same word, to the same doctrine, everything, but how the heart is being nurtured, and I'll say maybe as I'm speaking primarily by prayer, there, there are many other things that have to do with nurturing of a seed, but praying is a basic, important one. And without this, even when you are hearing plenty of word, plenty of revelation, plenty of doctrine, listening to a lot of messages, attending a lot of meetings, the heart can still be dry and the heart can still be suffer, can still suffer, and the soul might not prosper the way the soul ought to prosper, even in so much abundance of seed. And that's a very unfortunate thing. It's very unfortunate because um, when you, if you live that way for years, the amount that could be lost in that time, when you think of potential and how much the soul could have appreciated and come into if, you know, basic things like praying properly were taken, you know, into heart. And, I feel that in this season, um, that is important to bring this reminder to us. That let us realize that you, when you are a Christian, you are a praying person. First of all, first of all, before anything, you know, we didn't start with revelation. We didn't start with knowledge, and and of course, knowledge will increase and is vital as you grow. But you no, know, first of all, you are a praying person. A Christian prays. That's what you do. That's just what you do. You pray. First of all, before anything, you pray. Prayer does a lot for the heart. Um, prayer keeps the heart meek. Prayer keeps the heart in touch with the with the, with reverence for God. It keeps it keeps the soul humble. Prayer makes the heart. Um, it perpetuates the need, the state of neediness for God, the state of you know that feeling of needing God because it keeps you in touch with God. Um, prayer is healthy for the heart, um, for the, even the posturing of the heart. 
So praying without ceasing, praying without ceasing um, is something that you, you get better at over time. And the more you pray, prayer is, and this for my own discovery about prayer, there's so much about prayer, amen, that, um, that is difficult to teach. Prayer is one of the subjects in the Bible that is very easy to teach and very difficult to teach at the same time. <laughs> it's easy to teach in the sense that it's one of the subjects you can say many things about. You, know, you can teach prayer right from the beginning of Genesis to the end of Revelation. You have all many scriptures, many examples, many things you can use, many points. You know, people have taught all kinds of messages of prayer. So prayer is one of the easiest teach things to teach in the Bible, but yet it's one of the most difficult things to teach because a, a lot of things actually that happen in prayer are things that are very difficult to describe. The things that a soul and the range of experiences that a soul can have in prayer are so deep and vast and so, so you know, so various in their, you know, in, in their specificity that is hard to describe. So the best way to actually learn to pray is to pray. And I, and I, I strongly believe that no one can teach prayer like the Holy Ghost. And I believe that's one of the things which the Spirit of God is actually mandated to train believers in and to teach believers in doing right from the point of being born again, right from when you're born again and you begin to pray and pray and pray, you see the Holy Ghost will begin to show you when you move into prayer, you know, um, sometimes Daddy Hagen say that a lot of times when he's praying, he starts out in the flesh and he ends up in the spirit. You know, what it means is that, you know, you just start praying sometimes and then even when you don't feel like it, you just keep praying and then before you know it, there's a spirit of prayer that just takes over the heart and moves you into a place. And in that place, that awesome, that beautiful place of prayer, when the heart has gone deep and has rested, when the feet of the, of the heart, as the soles of the heart's feet, has found a, a, a ground in prayer, has found an established a point, a landing point in prayer, and then you begin to pray from that place. You begin to pray all the kind, there are all kinds of movements of the heart, all kinds of things that begin to door, some doors begin to open, light can begin to flood the soul, all kinds of things the, 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 in the spiritual senses, the senses of the heart begin to get excited. Prayer is one thing that excites the senses, the spiritual senses. You know, uh, a person who is not, um, uh, who doesn't pray a lot, can have a lot of spiritual information, but any information you get or precept is meant to be handled and used by your inward spiritual senses. But those senses, they do better when they are excited. When the senses, are, the inward senses are excited, you know, by in an atmosphere of prayer, you see all kinds of things begin to occur. I don't know about you guys, but it happens to me. When I pray and, I, and when I stay long in prayer, I begin to see the Bible differently. I begin to see everything, every, every word of the, of the scripture, every line of the scripture becomes multiple times richer 
becomes multiple times weightier than if I do not pray. You know, so praying, um, uh, prayer is a very important tool which we almost carry along, you know, in the school of the spirit. You know, as the Lord is opening more things to us, is shedding more light to us, is, you know, opening up his heart to us, the Lord wants all of our soul. And the way, the way he is able to feel our soul and feel our heart present, you know, in his realm, in his world, where those things are being shared is through prayer. Prayer is a tool of engagement. It's a tool of engagement. It's a way that you engage another world. Prayer is a way. Prayer is like making a call. You know, when you want to make a phone call, you have the things you have you want to say. You might even write down your notes, okay? This phone call, I'm going to, first point, second point, third point, you write down all the points. That, that point is the information you want to pass across, you know? And then another thing is you have the phone number. So the phone number of who you want to call, all of those things and the things to say. Those are things that are downloaded by revelational ministry. When you are listening to the word, you are listening to messages, you gain, those are precepts. Precepts are the, the details of conversation, the, the things of discussion, items of communion, items of fellowship. Right? And the, the richer your heart is with the word of God, the more of the word of God you have, the more of the word of God you're reading, the more of messages you're listening to, the more of teaching you're under, the more you have items of conversation. I mean, not just language, but spiritual conversations of the heart. They are precepts that are stored and which you have in your heart. Right? But prayer is like, you can have what to talk about, have your note, can even have the, the phone number. But when you have Christians who don't pray, they are like people who have conversation notes and phone numbers in their pocket walking around, walking around, but, but nothing is happening. They have it. They have all the information. They have everything, but they're just walking around. They never make the call. They never put the call through. They never connect to the other side. There's never a, a fellowship. There's never a communion. When you're praying, praying is like making that call. When your heart begins to pray, when you begin to connect with the Lord, begin to meditate, it's an, it's an active thing which you have. You must bring your body, you know, to participate in and your heart to participate in. When you begin to do that, you're making that call and, and you're going to ring and heaven can hear you call. When you call, they can hear you call. They can hear your call. They can, they can answer the phone. And then a, a connection can be initiated and conversation can begin, fellowship can begin. You know, there, there are realms of communion in the spirit that are waiting for us, open for us, right? Of course, all those realms are places you don't really access without knowledge because knowledge is really how you interact with the realm of the spirit. Uh, knowledge is the, is the code of interaction. In fact, for you to be admitted into fellowship is based on the knowledge. You must have their code or their wisdom or their not the logic of that realm of fellowship must be present, which is downloaded by ministry of revelation. Right? But the actual call, the engagement, a lot of times prayers, the that humble, foolish, simple act of just praying in the spirit. You have no idea what it does. It's like you are you are dialing, you're making that call. There can be an engagement of the heart that can yield great, 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 great dividends to the soul, practiced over time, over a period of time. You know, when you are having fellowship, 
Fellowship is a way relationship is built, right? There's a way when you pray, you touch God. It's difficult to, t- for, to tell a praying person that there is no God or God doesn't exist. Or you know, when someone, someone can learn to a point, but you say, ah, oh, you start beginning to question this Christ thing, is it really real? Or this? Because you haven't really fellowshiped with those things. You've just been learning them and storing them. When you begin to fellowship with the materiality of this realm, you know that ah, there are beings on the other side. You interact with entities who carry the same, the same revelation, the same knowledge. A lot that cannot be described happens in prayers. That's why God needs, God's people have to pray. You have to take on prayer. Satan would like to cheat us in this very, in this way. In, in the place of prayer, all, all kinds of things happen. Burdens are lifted. Heaviness is lifted. Weightiness is lifted. The weight of the world. When you stay in prayer for some time, the world loses its weight, its relevance, its importance. All the, the vain things that take our attention seem so little, so little. The deeper you go in prayer, the realm of the spirit opens up all your knowledge concerning the spiritual realm. They come alive. They become real to the soul. They become palpable to the soul. In, in the place of prayer, you experience so much riches, a lot of riches that is described in moments of revelation, which the heart doesn't experience, might not experience to its fullness in such moments. A lot of times is during prayer. Those things come alive. They come alive. They come alive, they make themselves manifest. Conviction is raised in the heart in a way that you become more sure of spiritual things than you are, than the physical ground where you stand, than the chair where you sit, than the car which you drive. You become more sure and convinced of spiritual realities because you've, through prayer, you've connected the realm and the world of those realities. Glory to Jesus. I remember the season when I started engaging the word of righteousness. Um, I, at that time, God had, the Lord has already taught me a lot about praying for a long time. You know, I, you know, when in the season of the milk of the word, by God's grace, the Lord helped my heart to learn about prayer, the importance of prayer. So I, I've been a practitioner of, of praying. I was a, I was a praying young man. Um, but so when I came into this world, um, the Lord helped me to carry in that same culture of praying right into the season of the meat of the world. And I remember so many times, so many times when I would I would be listening to messages and I just and I just I would just wander out of my house. I would just walk from my apartment building. Sometimes in Winnipeg then same thing or in summers when I was in Ottawa for my co-op. I just I just walk out of my house. I, I would just take strolls. And I, I would stroll sometimes for 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 miles sometimes. And I would I would lose track of how far I have walked because I am I'm listening to the word, sometimes not listening to the word, sometimes just in meditation with the word and just praying and praying and praying and praying and praying. And I'm praying, I am the, the, the my thoughts are shaping my tongue. Sometimes I I I I um, my tongue begins to spell out vocally in a vocal attempt to spell out some the thoughts which are flooding my heart in that moment of of meditation. Now, the experience you have with those kind of thoughts stay with you forever. There are, there can be everlasting imprints upon the heart, upon the soul. Like, it's like the Lord can furnish the heart and dress the heart. You can become conversant of another world. 
entirely. When you go into prayer with so much riches of understanding, you know, the Bible says that the, that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Right? That word righteous man means a man who's got righteousness, a person who has the seed of righteousness. To whom anyone to whom righteousness has been revealed, he's ripe for prayer exploits. The reason why they reveal righteousness to the soul is to grant potency, potency of the heart to take exploit in prayer, take journeys in prayer. Through prayer, you can go through excursions in the spirit. They can take you into the land in the spirit, which your revelation is describing. The heart can take journeys in the spirit into the walls, which the scripture describes. And those experiences are precious and powerful. Oh, how awesome, how powerful the resource prayer is. Prayer is one of the greatest things gifts to man, the ability to pray, the ability to pray, the ability to pray from wherever you are. It's a great impact. <laughs> you know, praying is like maybe a world, imagine a world without telephone. And then a world where everyone has a cell phone in their pocket, where you can just make a connection right from where you are. That's, a, that's the gift of the New Testament, where you can pray. And then you can have experiences with this thing. Um, I, I, my, my heart and prayer is that the Lord will begin to bring um, this realm of praying, fellowshipping with the Lord, ministering to the Lord, staying you know, in a constant posture of prayer will be something the Lord will convince each one of us of. Not because Pastor Jeff is, is talking about it and, and all these things, but I wonder if there's a way you have an encounter with the dividend of prayer, the value of praying, where you will, you will never stop praying. You will pray and pray and pray until you it's life. You will not spend any time outside of the, the glorious, the glorious, the glorious riches which prayer um, delivers even to the soul. But when you pray constantly or when the heart stays in a prayer posture, it frees up the heart and positions the heart for effectiveness of life in life in the spirit. Prayer does a lot. Prayer regulates your emotions. If you say if you feel sometimes you always feel sad a lot of the time, you tend to move into mood swings. You know, you those kind of emotional issues. A lot of times because you're not praying enough. You're not praying enough because of when when the heart is easily swayed by, you know, impulses or or distractions from the natural realm. It's because a lot of times it's because the soul even is not established enough in the in prayers. And this flows into many things. Sometimes if if you if we're not praying enough, we make things more difficult. Not just even for ourselves, when it comes to the collective. You know, we constantly meet, we gather in our meetings in prayer. When when you a room Maybe a meeting full of people who don't pray can never be the same as a meeting full of people who are who are established in the praying posture. Is there because those who don't pray, if 
you don't pray, a lot of times you can come physically to a meeting, but your soul might be just in another land, another world entirely. So the preacher has to go and first look for where your soul is. Maybe he has to spend the first one hour or so, one hour, 30 minutes, trying to find where everybody's soul is, just because of God's mercy to bring everybody back before meeting can start. But when everyone is, in, is able to carry on this kind of spirit, or it's Prayer keeps you always in spiritual readiness. It makes sure your soul is constantly tuned for blessing, constantly ready to receive blessing. It's when you have a room full of people who are gathering together in a meeting or in a fellowship or something and want gathering together, wanting to pray, to sing, to hear the Lord speak. They are like, they are like planes on a runway who are ready to take off, waiting for the signal who are present, glory to Jesus, glory to God. Thank you, Father. And so um, um, there's a lot of ease. I sense we are approaching into a strong, great season of blessing, a remarkable season of blessing coming ahead in the coming weeks. We have um, Believers Convention in Lagos coming up very soon. Um, after, right after that, we'll have the UK Convention. We have the DPM meeting. And we come here in Open Canada. Daddy and mommy will be coming. We'll have our own convention. And you come to Ottawa, we'll have our, our special teaching, you know. So we have we are about to enter into a season when, of course, there'll be a lot of seed, a lot of speaking, a lot of precept, a lot of doctrine. But um, I sense that the Lord will have us this time, this year. The Lord wants to meet preparation. He wants, he wants there to be some things on ground for him. He wants our hearts to be in preparation. He wants, he wants to sow seed into a ground that has been pre pre prepared already, a ground that has already been, been tilled, been raked, been plowed, and has been watered, that is full of moisture of the Spirit, that his seed can easily grow into. And this is sort of a cause, like an exhortation, an encouragement for us to pray without ceasing. Take it up. Pray without ceasing. Don't be weak concerning prayer. Don't be weak. Be strong. Don't, don't let the devil make it feel like, oh, well, this thing is a height. Maybe as I'm saying this now, a spirit will be saying to you, ah, ah, this prayer thing, you've been trying to do it since you got, you got born again. You've never been able to succeed. Why do you feel you succeed now? Don't listen to that such a spirit. It's a lie. Praying, praying is your nature. You don't need to teach like a baby who's just born to, to take in. You don't say, baby, breathe, 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 unless something is wrong. You, once you take on this admonition, this counsel, praying, just see, you see the way the Spirit of God will come. I know that you, know, you don't just pray alone. There's so much interest, vested interest in your prayer life from heaven. Heaven is interested in it. In fact, they are counting on it. They're counting on your prayer life. He said that, you know, the Bible in the book of um, um, the book of Romans, uh, he said that, for we know not what to pray for as we ought. See, but the Spirit likewise, right, helpeth our infirmities. Helpeth. He helpeth our infirmities. One of one I was listening to a teacher, I said, was it Daddy Hagin? Daddy Hagin was teaching me, he said that, the actual literal translation of helpeth is it takes hold together with us against. <laughs> he said that word help means in the literal meaning means to take hold together 
with against. So it means that the spirit likewise takes hold together with us against our infirmities. Oh my God, Jesus. If you would know, the moment is just in the decision, the commitment of your heart that I'm, I'm going to be praying. I'm committing to prayer and watch as grace comes. There's something the Bible calls the spirit of grace and supplication. It's the spirit of offering, of, of, re, of response to supplication of the heart and the healing of prayer to God. And that spirit can resist. A spirit of prayer, a praying spirit can rest upon your soul and it can stay and abide if you came to it, if you allow the Lord to do that. Glory to Jesus. The Lord will help us in praying. It says that verse 17, pray without ceasing. Amen. Verse 18, it says in everything, give thanks. Glory to Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. In everything, in everything, in everything, in everything, in have not in some things, not when good things happen, not when it goes your way. You should just be able to say thank you, Jesus. Oh, not from a heartfelt place to just give thanks to the Lord. So in everything, give thanks. The giving of thanks is more than saying thank you. It's the giving of it from your heart because that thanks is, a, is something that should be in your heart that you take and give to God. Say, Lord, I give you thanks. It means it's a thankful heart, a thankful disposition. It says, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. I love verse 19. Verse 19 says, quench not the spirit. Oh, it means you can quench the spirit. And if they say quench not the spirit, it means that the spirit should be burning, right? It means that it should be ablaze. It should be on. It should be on. It should be on inside of your heart, among us, in our midst, in our fellowship, in our conversation. The spirit should be there. And you should quench him not. If you say so quench not the spirit, it means you also have the, the instrument to deter, to detect the state of the spirit flame in your heart and the spirit, the flame of the spirit among in our fellowship and among the community of the brethren. And we say that that spirit must not be quenched. It must not quench. It, it means carry on the carry on the torch of the spirit. Don't let it quench. You must carry on the, the fervency of the spirit. Glory to God. Quench not the spirit. Despise not for prophesying, of course. Um, I don't believe we, any of us do that, but if you do, please stop. Okay, don't despise prophesying. Despising prophesying might not be in your heart cursing the person who's someone who's prophesying or maybe when prophecy or comes in meeting. No, that might not be it. Despise means you're not you're not honoring it, you're not regarding it, right? You're not, you know, sometimes maybe prophecy you hear, ah, prophecy again. Every time there's a prophecy, you know, there's an attitude about prophesying that might not be right because all these things that are, they are tools, instruments which the Lord has been given to help the ministry of the New Testament. So, despise for prophecies um, should not be there. Prove all things, hold fast that which is good, and then abstain from all appearance of evil. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And verse 24 said, faithful is he that called you and 
who also will do it. He's the one who will do all these things. You know, and we have to trust him because, because he is faithful. He's faithful. Faithful is he. Is he that has called us. Thank you, Father. Glory to Jesus. I just pray maybe someone has been encouraged by what I shared today. Um, I pray, let's just pray a little bit um, before we close. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you. The Lord is saying to someone, I don't know if it's just one person or if it's more than one person. The Lord is saying that um, I've been, I've been, I have been pulling you and calling you into a, a, a particular kind of devotion and consecration in prayers. But you have rationalized it away. You have thought it away, and you have thought. It, maybe it's not necessary or, or maybe it's just coming from your own mind. But the Lord is said to tell you that I am the one. I'm, I'm the one calling you for here. For here I have, I, have, I have a place away. A place away where I do await you. And I call to you to come. Come away with me there. Come away with me there. And, and don't worry. Don't worry about the time. And forget about the time. Just yield to it. And yield to it. And don't, don't search within your own strength for such devotion or for such consecration of yourself and your heart, even in prayers. But just come willing and just yield to it. Just yield to me whenever I call upon your heart. Oh yeah, at certain times I will call upon your heart. And at that time when I do call, it's not a time to rationalize or to, or to think. Don't think, yeah, is it, now is not the right time. Or yeah, I'll do it later. Or I'll come later. Or I'll answer later. But say, when I, I do call you, that is the time. Find a time, find a place, find a way, find a way, find a way. Respond to my call for you. I will be calling you. I'll be calling you away, even to the spirit, even into the spirit, to spend time with me, to spend quality time with me for you. For this, for this calling of your soul is even for an investment of which you will reap the dividends even in years to come. Even in years to come for you, for there, not just one of you, yes, yes, there are a number of you, a number of you here who Oh, yeah, you have, you, you are just a season, a, a current season that has been apportioned for you to make sowing, to sow in, in to the spirit, even in the, ver, in, in, in the method or in a manner of prayer, to sow properly, properly, and to make investment even in praying for even your soul. For yeah, if you yield to such call, you will pray many things, say the Lord. You will pray many things. Many, 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 many things, things that you will even become, begin to make money, be made manifest even in a year and two years and three and four and five, even decades from now, that will be a, a result of yielding even to my call. I call into to spend time with me, to spend time with me in prayer. Yield to me, say the Lord. Yield to me, say the Lord. Yield to me and come away with me and come away with me. Take up your consecration. Take up the call, this call, this call, this call, this call to your soul, this call to your soul, even into the spirit to contain, to maintain consecration. Take this call, Messiah, 
even to attain, attain consecration, even in prayers, even in prayers, even in prayers, even in prayers. And I will bring grace, 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 spirit of grace, supplication, even for fellowship, rest upon the hearts of the Lord. Thank you, Faramaso. Faramaso, Faramaso. Faramaso, Kiramaso. Faramaso, Karamaso. Faramaso, Karamaso. Faramaso, Karanian, Tifano. Or even the Lord even say to someone, or, or more, I don't know. He said, yeah, for there are things which you desire to me, which I have already given to you, but you don't see them yet manifest in your life. Because, but you need prayer. You need to pour some incense. Some incense need to be poured. You need to make some investment, even in prayer, for activation. For those are spiritual things, say the Lord. They will not just come to, to be born by you, but even they will be activated, even in the place of deep fellowship. And even in the place of prayer for yeah, yeah, abilities, yeah, grace is hung over you. Grace is hung over you. Grace is hung over you. All manner of gifts, all manner of gifts hung over you, over you. But yeah, they must be activated or you must spend time even in prayer, even in fellowship with me, even in fellowship with me, even in fellowship with me. Cause them to yield. Say the Lord. Say the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Remario. Evranta Eligano, 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 Ferendioste. For yeah, there are some of you healing awaits you in prayer, healing for some things which you've believed for to be healed from. Yeah, Perensefana, for there are some things that might not go, some kinds which will go not out except by prayer and by fasting, which you must pray. And some of you must also fast. You must fast as well, but even as you are led, as you are led, yield to the Spirit, yield to the Spirit, yield to the Spirit, say the Lord. Thank you, Father. Lord, we give glory to you. Someone here, the Lord is saying that I'm, I'm healing your mind. Saying I'm healing your mind. You've had challenges in your mind relating to thoughts, certain thoughts which you know, which you 
you are, your mind has been weak concerning. The Lord is saying that I'm, I'm sending healing to you now. That I'm, I heal you. I do heal you. And as you allow my spirit to rest and upon you, healing will be orchestrated for there's a kind of rewiring which shall be done even to boot your spiritual mind and even your natural mind for here, even your brain. I see something's being done in brains. And a brain of brains is a kind of ah, visitation. Is the power of God which will rest resting upon that person to bring such, such, such healing. Thank you. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray, but I will bless your holy name. We give you all the glory. Amen. Praise, praise God. Um, God bless you. Thank you for staying um, to the end. Um, I'm sorry I couldn't take questions about eternal judgment, but you can please note your questions. Um, maybe next time we do a question and answer, then uh, we can also you can ask them and, and we can deal with them. Thank you so much. God bless you. Have a wonderful week in Jesus' name.